welcome to No Page Unturned, the podcast where Christina, Steph, and myself, Josh, go in-depth discussing books, mainly focusing on those written by BIPOC and LGBTQ plus authors. You don't have to read along with us, but be warned, there will be spoilers ahead. Book four. Uh, book four, chapters 13 through 18. I don't know about you guys, but I have to count it out on my fingers every single time I go to read chapters. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I do have to, I do have, <laughs> not, maybe not my fingers, but I do have to like, double, like do math in the air. I use my deal. finger because I don't trust my brain. <laughs> the Steph Kingston story. <laughs> That's either really pure or really filthy. Yeah. Both are possible. Yeah. No further it details. Works across all spectrums. So yeah, what do you guys think? All these chapters were very funny and very sad and very cute. So like, I guess generally the chorus of dragons experience. <laughs> exactly. Definitely uh, um, seems like darker than the previous chapters. What what would uh? The revelations in it. It's very like, I mean, this we've talked about like this whole book is like a bottle episode, like therapy book for everybody to just like talk out their problems and their emotional issues and their dark pasts. And so, like, yeah, it's it's uh, not dark in you know some of the other ways we've had where like people are getting like literally ripped into pieces. Uh, it's dark in the... Like, Although there's a little bit of that, too. There is a little bit of that, too. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's dark in the way that, like, people are confronting their horrible childhoods. And, like... Oh, yeah. What there's does love of, mean? There's a lot of trauma confrontation yeah. happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Volkaroth really cuts Tara to Wraith and Janelle apart. That was pretty mean. But it was also pretty heartening yeah. that... They know their boy well yeah, enough to be like, that like, seems oh, rude. No, you're good. You went too hard at it, but even Kieran's not that mean. Because <laughs> for Kieran's a second, at the beginning all. of that conversation, I was also like, I'm not sure if this is Kieran or not. And then pretty quickly it was like, oh no. Uh, yeah, no. I was pretty sure it wasn't Kieran. Just because, like... such a cinnamon roll. Like, he can be a little... Peck it. Like, when he's hungry or cranky or tired, you know, I identify with that. Fair. You can get a little snappy, but... Kieran is just not arrogant enough to call Thervishar an idiot. That's what it's clearly is. That's really good point. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> he's like, what did that, what did that idiot Thervishar do? He didn't do what I told him. Yeah. And I was like... That's fair. Kieran would say a lot of things about Thervishar, but idiot would not be one of them. Except in the context of Romance. Oh, yeah, I guess that's yeah. true. It's Thervishar, you idiot. You're clearly in love with Senray. <laughs> and plus, he, he gets that killer. Idiot. He gets that killer line when he pops up behind them and he's like, actually, you asshole, their love means everything. And then he takes yeah, his sunglasses off like and the guitars go. It was very, that was a little like power a, ballad for me. It was very good. A very magical girl speech. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Kira kind of is a magical girl, honestly. In yeah, like, let's see. Yeah, magic stone, mm -hmm. very sparkly. Yep. Theme song for sure. Mm -hmm. Great yeah. hair. 
Great hair. Mm-hmm. The best hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tragic backstory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think about yeah. uh, Jen Lyons' uh, AI portraits of the characters a lot now, because like I compare, you know, what she generated for those just messing around to what I picture in my head, and it doesn't always match up. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even she said that they're not very super accurate, but. Yeah. Anybody listening, this is on the Discord. Um, You can find it, I think, on her profile. So. Oh, I thought it was a private Discord. Yeah, that's why I didn't mention it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She might have tweeted some of them, though. I'm not sure. But anyways, uh, the 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 really the troubling aspect of the AI character generation she made is that the Gadrith that got generated was hot, and it made me uncomfortable. (laughs) <laughs> Don't like it. It's upsetting. Yeah. Gadrith uh, comes up in these chapters. He does. Oh my. Yeah. This is like, like weird trauma bonding poetry boys. Conan Caleb. <laughs> like, oh, I met Gadrith Dolores and Darzan. Oh, you like poetry? <laughs> That's so good. And I forgot. Oh, you were, you were a guest uh, <laughs> with the the. What is his title? The Count uh, of Yore? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Or is it Baron? I don't remember his title. I think he's the, do- no, Duke. the Duke, but they, Duke, they call yes. him Han. Okay. It was the Duke of yeah. Yore. And then Cone's like, I don't think guest is the right word. And they're like, <laughs> well, what is? And hostage. Yeah. 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 Like casually unloading on a carriage ride. That was... That was that could have gone really badly, given how much anxiety we have around those characters, mm-hmm. and that they have around those characters more importantly. But well, it turned out okay. Yeah, yeah and like, yeah, it's, I, yeah. it's funny mm-hmm. how much Galen and Shaloran don't know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. compared to not just us, but every other main character, especially the main characters of this book. Like, they just think this is, like, a humble, lowly priest of Vishai, not knowing the world-changing events that he participated in. Yeah, they're all the way in back in book one. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, he's a cornerstone. Yep. He's got one of the, like, eight most powerful rocks on Earth. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. They don't know about that yet. They don't know. No. As far I, as these I chapters. don't know. I think they must learn eventually because I don't know how secret he keeps. Anyways, we'll find out. Um, yeah. I think they find out in the next series of chapters that we're reading. Yeah. Uh, well, they might. They kind of don't even know what cornerstones are. Like they have. That's like, true. Yeah. They're important. They're probably useful. But we see Cone being like, "I could use this to spy on people in the Rose Palace." But it's so hot. He doesn't tell that to anyone, but like it's so hot that there's no point. And then we see the cornerstone around Lasorel's neck. I think they do know because Shaloran is like classically trained, even though she legally is not supposed to be. And also considering who her parents are, she may have been 
so informed. So she probably knows what a cornerstone is. Gallon definitely doesn't. But like, as far as how important they are, or like the connection to the dragons yeah. and what they all do, probably probably, probably a little no. fuzzy at least. Probably like me, where I'm like world hearth, hearth, yeah. heat, right. It was either these chapters or the last chapters where Galen was like, uh, you keep saying Sarek. I, I guess you're not referring to my uncle. And Janelle is <laughs> like, uh, yeah, oh. someone's going to have to catch you up on everything. <laughs> Does anybody have a copy of The Rune of Kings in the Name of All Things handy? <laughs> Thermistar is like, yeah, of course. Does. He probably does, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I uh, the whole poetry thing is fantastic. Like from start to finish, that they both like like Cone read this poetry and then he quotes it and then Gallon finishes it and oh, it turns out like he wrote it and Cone doesn't find that out until the memory plays in yeah. the uh, the tower and then he's like so mad and then oh, I I wrote this down because it's so funny, uh so. Galen's like, oh, uh, yeah, I used a pen name, like, partially because of, you know, my father, but partially also because I wrote a lot of them when I was 12, and a lot of them are terrible. And Cone just says, none of them are terrible! Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Funny. It was adorable. Oh, man. Like, get you a dude who will support your 12-year-old angst poetry. Right? <laughs> and it also, uh, you know, in the earlier chapters, it's a revelation to Galen that Kieran cares about him. But um, the fact that Galen continued to write poetry and then get them published under a pen name goes back to show what Kieran means to Galen, because in book one... Galen had hid his poetry in that secret room, and oh, Kieran I totally forgot about that. And Kieran had read when they went in there. Kieran read them and said, uh, "You know, like these are really good. You should keep doing this and probably get them published." Oh, man, I yeah, I absolutely forgot about that. That's such a sweet thing to remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Galen's just a little... He's a little uh, trauma boy. He's yeah, like, he's a little sad. The, the scene where they, they go to the Red Palace, and they're they're going to the Lotus Court, and he's, like, talking about how, like, it's just, like, a nice place to, like, hang out and nap. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it is literally his happy place. Like, it's the only place in the entire world where he can relax. That is so sad. <laughs> <sighs> it's awful. But it's it's also like so sweet that he found it. Like of all the places to find somewhere to feel safe, I would not expect of him to have found it in that yeah. in the court of gems. Like yikes! Yeah. So that's nice. It definitely makes me very interested in the like stories of Galen in those four years where Kieran was on Yastane. Yeah, well, I mean, we are going to find out some of it, fortunately, and we start. We know that he was hanging out a little bit with Jareth, at least, so that's another good influence. Good job. But also his aunts, with whom he is unfortunately too familiar. The demons are at it again! (laughs) 
God. It is a little bit like a wacky sitcom, though. Literally, all of Theron's children suck except for Kieran. They're the demon in every book causing trauma. <laughs> right. Even in the last book, Theron died and caused father death trauma. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think I think when in the last chapters, Relosvar was like, you know, this might spell the end of your house. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I was like, that's call. justified. Yeah. Yeah, it is a, a bold choice by, is it Garicia, Jurisia, Jurisia? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, what does the audiobook say, Josh? Do you remember? Garicia. Garicia. Truly yeah. a bold move to walk into someone else's palace and then try to murder your nephew with magic. Who is the adopted? Well, no, wait, only the women get adopted. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but like... <laughs> Son-in-law can mean a lot of things. Yeah. I guess I can see it. But, yeah. Yikes. Yeah. And she, like, set up a meeting with, uh... Uh, Barrick. Barrick. I always try... I remember the Dragon Age character, and that's what makes me remember uh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're getting We're getting to maximum name capacity here. There are a lot. <laughs> I just remember that there's an R and a K. Not <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a, a bold move. But like, I mean, it does make sense. Like she assumes that no one will be there and that a, and also I think she assumes no one will care because like no one's ever cared about Galen. So why would they start now? And anybody who did maybe care about him is dead. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, it is the time to make bold moves it just sucks that it's a bold move against our, our sweet, precious boy, whom we love. And whom the Ditalises love, also. Fortunately. Very yeah. importantly, yeah. I did also like the fake out with Varric being like, what's going on here? And you can totally get that, like, he's using the cranky, why did you interrupt my work vibes <laughs> to actually yeah. pretend that he's good at governing and stuff. Dad coming out not. of the garage. <laughs> This is a 1968 whatever. Yeah. yeah, I can't even fake it. And I love that Shaloran's plan was just to like immediately scream as loud as she can. <laughs> yes. Hey, it works. It works. Yeah. I've done that once in my life and it worked really well. Nice. There was a, my cat had caught a mouse and I didn't want to clean it up. So I screamed and my dad came <laughs> rushing. I'm like, what's wrong? I was like, oh, there's a mouse. I just went upstairs. <laughs> I was a little dick. Anyway. Awesome. Well. Not for well Some for me. Real else, house yeah. level shit there. <laughs> and then yeah. Garizia tries to put on the act of like he was they, he was trying to hurt me. They kind of both play the same cards, honestly, because they both immediately go straight to murder magic and then also like playing the helpless woman. Yes, like there's a fantastic. playbook for royal women, and they don't have a lot of options, and these are it. Yeah, I like to think that Shaloran saw. Garizia, Garizia? I've already forgotten. Yeah, uh, burst into tears and then be like, "Oh yeah, okay, right. We're gonna see who wins." <laughs> yeah. It's a cry off, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm questioning if it's Garizia. I'm pretty sure I it's Garizia. It probably is because Galen is a hard G too. 
Yeah. Okay. Like all of the G's hit bar hard. Now, do you know how to say the name of the monk that uh, that Calindra? <laughs> I don't to? even remember the name. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Okay. You didn't last long enough for me to try. No. It's... Yeah. Truly, I just I, my only note around that is Devorn monks suck. <laughs> it's O L I Y U A N. Are Yeah, it's Oluan. Yes. Oh, okay, Oluan. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, oh, there was a really interesting tidbit in the footnotes uh, in that chapter where Kalinda's like, oh, it's the biggest library on the planet. And yeah, Senere yeah. makes a note of like, oh, the Dreth would, would uh, probably disagree. Yeah. What is going on down there? I know. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. Yes. It's so infuriating to not. And what does Senator yeah. right know? Yes. Like, did she just learn it from Thurbashar? Or did she, or I guess from Ellis Bar, maybe? But yes. No, like, you're just hoarding books and hanging out? Like, what's going on? It sounds ideal, honestly. <laughs> She would never admit it, but Senere is the kind of nerd that would ask the name of all things, what's the biggest library? <laughs> you are absolutely right. That's gotta be it. I always forget that she has the magic know almost everything rock. <laughs> My new headcanon. She kind of just has Google for this world, in a way. I I really love that description, because that's true. <laughs> if it wasn't so wordy, I would start calling Google the name of all things. It's like Google plus chat GPT. It like, <laughs> it'll give you what you, th- what it thinks you want, but sometimes that will get you in a lot more trouble than you thought. That's fair. Now I'm, comp- now I'm comparing it in my head to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Like the actual guide. Oh, like the guide guide. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Not the book. <laughs> Don't panic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you have the name of all things. A certain amount of panic is probably okay. Like, you you need to make sh- you need to take care of yourself while using it. Don't yeah. Do you need a towel? I yeah. Don't know. I, I can't make it work in my head. <laughs> I tried. Do you guys uh, remember like what you thought when uh, Jareth's first memory came up? Like when the you know Jareth's memories uh, came into the text? Because I remember losing my shit. <laughs> I think I remember being mad. <laughs> I was like, how did I miss this? I'm such a fucking idiot. <laughs> I was Jet trying lines. to recall any clues um of this happening and then I remembered the demon that saved uh Theron and, and Doc. What's his What's his wife's name that I don't like? Oh, Ariel? Yeah, I don't like her. Uh, Yeah, they were on a bridge and the the other... some other demon who also knew Theron. Yeah, and there was some other... Like, they wouldn't let them in right away and then there was a demon attack and they were, like, looking at Cariel and she's like, I didn't do it. And then they turn around to stop the demons. And then that's when the demon that knew Theron confronts him. And then just when Theron is about to lose, this other demon who looked 
Everyone describes him as like humanoid, but with like a mask that like had like a squirrel in it, or like a blank face. He definitely was... had like a mask, and yeah. I was like, that that was the only clue that I could think of. But I was trying to like recall if there was any other moments with demons that it might have been Jareth. The the only thing that that I think hey, we got majorly so far in this book was was uh, little Nikali saying that like the doll man had like mm-hmm. come to see him and stuff That's but creepy. i mean it's it, very creepy and also just like i don't know kids say shit uh so like i don't think we would have super been able to put it together it's a creepy thing yeah without the calendra angle like having access to like that side of knowledge i don't think we would have been able to figure it out no but we i I feel like I could have made a more educated guess. It's like, okay, died during a hell march, someone who want you want to come back. Like, all the signs were there, which makes it extra, like, ugh. Oh, and there was that, there, I think Kieran mentions it. There was the chapter where Zaltaroth and Janelle oh, fight. Oh, right. And Zaltaroth That's is trying true. to get Janelle yeah. to eat as a demon, mm-hmm. eat souls. And she's right. like, I made you a brother. Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay, so yeah, that was, yeah. But also, Zaltaroth lies. But well, I didn't no, remember that at all. I just, thought, I just thought it was a random demon. Because, right, because then Zaltaroth tries to get Janelle to eat Jareth. But we, we didn't know it was Jareth at the time. So I thought, oh, it's just a random demon. Not knowing that Zaltaroth was trying to make more tragedy by having Janelle eat her own brother as a demon. And thus yeah. making Janelle more of the kind of demon that right. Zaltaroth is. Yeah, because yeah, all the way in back, back in book one, when horror was, like, constrained, <laughs> uh, Zaltaroth was the demon who particularly liked when you sacrificed family members. Right. Yes, yes, um, yes. Which is a great callback. Um, and I'm surprised that I remember that. That is very good. But I think I think what triggered it for me is um, when later in these set of chapters, when Lasorel is talking to Cone about like, okay, who can we pretend you are? Like, we need to change your appearance. And she's like, Darzan was way too careful about his offspring. And I was like, how many of them got sacrificed instead of just not born though yeah oh so comfortable yeah fair i wonder if darzen had what's the word they use oh john ray uh out there that he you know would later locate and use for demon purposes i could see it yeah but i mean mm-hmm. like they we do know that like the the blue house people like they have those like birth control rings Mm-hmm. So it's a lot right. easier to like not have a bastard. Yeah, I guess yeah. the question is, how many of your existing family do you feel comfortable running through, and how much do you just want to create the family to run through? Both are bad. So, are you guys surprised to see Jareth back? Yeah. At this point, I was. I, I, I the first time, I, I definitely was. I was excited because I love Jareth, and he is like. Especially because we've spent this whole book so far really just talking about how great Jareth was, like, as a person, <laughs> as a character, and it really reminded me, like, oh yeah, he he was a great guy. Oh, it's too bad he's dead. 
Yeah, in hindsight, it seems obvious with how much they talk about Jareth before these yeah, chapters. And, like, the return of Kalindra, like, not just yeah. for her connections to Tarath and Kirin, but, like, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out Kalindra just happens to be married to Jareth in yeah. the time that we did not see her. But no, I, I was also very surprised. What do you think these dudes were planning with Kalindra? Because it says when, you know, Jareth kills them all, that something to do with the prophecies. And... Yeah, I assume that, yeah, there's something in the prophecies, which maybe Zaltaroth put there, uh, to get Kalindra out of uh, commission. And because they blindly follow, and some and Tom Tom's very, like, literally interpret the prophecies, you know, they, they thought that they were saving thousands or millions of people by killing her. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what they probably discuss it later on in this book, but I don't remember what her part in the prophecies is. I don't Hopefully remember it. either. Yeah, we actually I, I, get surprisingly little of the prophecies. Yeah, which I mean makes sense. They're about as helpful as Con or. Uh, Oh my god, too many Q names. Cohen Milligrist? Corin. Corin. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Milligrist. You know, oh, my glass is empty. Yes. <laughs> Still love that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I bet you if we, like, went back and found whatever scraps that were, like, we were kind of given in, like, one and two, we could probably find something that would apply to Glendra. Yeah, it probably, probably. has something to do with uh, Janelle and Kieran. To be honest. We might get it later, too, because we do go back there. So, mm-hmm. uh, so how great are Kalinder and Javon together? I I love their conversations. I love the fact that, you know, Javon gives Kalinder shit in a lot of ways, but, like, also because I think, like, they they see a lot of, like, they, they're kind of very similar people in a lot of ways. They're very different, but, like, uh, yeah, Javon gives Kalinder a lot of shit, but also they clearly, like, vibe together and think in the same way a lot of the time. They're from the same place, right? They have the same uh, ethnicity. Yeah, they're both Corvetian. I like them. I don't know. It. I I get frustrated by the, like, everything to 11 sometimes. And, like, I get it. This is incredibly stressful. I kind of wish that, like, it seems like we're on book four and Siobhan still hasn't learned a lot of her lessons. Like, she's learning them now. She's, like, accepting the fact that she's kind of a bad person. But she hasn't gotten to the point where she's trying. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it depends. Like... I don't know. Everybody else loved those interactions. I, I can totally I, yeah, be really the, like the wrong one. I, yeah. just, I think that, like, Kalindra is, like, in this kind of, like, fucked up place right now. She just found out that, like, not only is her husband kind of still around, he's a demon. And, uh, and Javon is kind of like, well, tough shit. The only thing you can do is deal with it. So deal with it. Yeah. I mean, I love the message there. Because sometimes it's just like, yeah, okay, just, you gotta go with it, man. But, I don't know. I was kind of expecting assassins to, like, be a little bit. One of the two of them could stop being quite, like, 
they're the adults in the room, I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to I mean, I would say by the, by the end of this set of chapters, they're already starting to, like, agree a little bit more. Like, they, they're starting to, I think, kind of come together and, like, uh, yeah. embrace those similarities. I like them individually. I'll put it that way. But I think that they bring out things that I'm frustrated in both characters in each other. Yeah. Fair. And meanwhile, like, the hottest of the hotheads are, are gone into Volkaroth's head. <laughs> so I guess I guess you need to keep up the drama somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. But the poetry boys aren't going to get that spicy, so. No, they're just going to go sulk in separate corners quietly. I just assume that Kalindra would have had some kind of assassin training to sort of meditate through these kind of she's like panicking and i get it her husband's a demon but like kalindra was like one of thane's angels like Teraith. and sometimes she's just especially in this book written sort of it's hard to tell that she has any assassin training at all except for when she fights I think she is in a bit over her head, though. Like she totally is being a yeah. being an angel of Thane, being into the Brotherhood, being an assassin for all these years. Like doesn't always prepare right. you for like being psychically joined with the Avatar of Destruction in a in a room with a bunch of other people who some of you you fucked, uh, and also uh, your demon husband who you are like still actively grieving is here. Yeah. And, you're, and, and your you kids in have, danger. Yeah, and you don't have your son. Your kids in danger. That's true. Yeah. When you put it that way, it makes like, a lot more so sense. I think absolutely. Like she does hold it together in a lot of ways. Like I think you know, and we the scenes we saw with her and Corn in the last bunch when she arrives on divorce, and she was she is like, uh, this is how it's going to be. Like I'm a mother with a child. You're going to have to deal with me, not the other way around. Uh, <laughs> she like makes some comment about like, or they make a comment about how like they let her keep her knife because she probably can't kill the whole monastery with it and Senere's footnote is like mm, bet uh, <laughs> I did like that yeah but yeah but she is she, a lot has happened to her and and her god is dead that's the other thing her, yeah. her god who she is so like I get it but also everybody's dealing with a lot right now Kalindra. yeah she's also yeah she's also like sort of just a little bit above Shaloran and Galen as far as knowing things. Yeah. Because she's also not caught up on everything that's happened. Yeah, totally. That's true. Yeah, like, she at least kind of knows about, like, dragons and cornerstones and gods, but... Yeah, isn't she the one that says how many people in here have a cornerstone and she's, like, surprised <laughs> when, like, three people is yeah, there? I think so. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah, uh, my other like note I just wrote down from the Kalindra and Javon conversations is Javon uh, says like, "Oh, you remind me of Jessica, one of my like husband's wives, the number thirty-two or something." <laughs> and it is it is spelled J H E S H I K A H, and I was like, "Oh, that is like a white person in 2023's version of spelling the name Jessica." <laughs> like, the Yorans are out here. Yorns are pale, I think. No, they're not pale. The, yeah, they are. Well, they they're are, blue. 
that's what they're it like is. so yeah. pale they look like ice yeah. yeah so there you go so they're the the hot name hot names for white people coming out <laughs> i think the yeah. audiobook just says jessica it's probably <laughs> jessica yeah it probably is you know they got that name out of like an ice crystal gender reveal bullshit <laughs> thing congratulations yeah. it's a girl yeah no, not congratulations, it's a girl, not a girl. Well, York. not New York, that's yeah. true. <laughs> you fucked up, it's a girl. <laughs> so sorry. I do like that Shalorin points out that she's like, why would Valkaroff show us that? Because uh, like now they're informed about the whole you know, debate between Kieran and Valkaroth, and Valkaroth trying to, like, remove all hope from uh, Kieran and his friends. Because she's like, uh, it's upsetting, but it's also proved that hope isn't lost. Jareth is recoverable. Janelle, after all, stands as proof someone with untethered souls can still survive. But then Talon, you know, responds back you know it's it's not that Valkaroth is trying right now to remove hope from them it's to make them turn on each other knowing that there's a demon among them but a demon who hasn't done anything yet which once I found out it was it was Jareth I was just kind of like yeah no but also good. like he's so good he's <laughs> such a good person yeah but like I mean so it, think about what they just saw though like they just got this like weird like you know in head view of him slaughtering a bunch of monks because they weren't yeah. on his list of people that he's not allowed to kill and there's mm -hmm. not a lot of people on that list and there's only like one person in the tower who's on the list so like I. It, understandably like a little freaked out um but yeah yeah there's some tension but i would say mostly knowing that it was jared like yeah because because all the intimations were like there's another person mm -hmm. there's another person yeah. it's like who do like there are so many people who suck like knowing that a Jareth is like the least sucky, Honestly, it could yeah. be it could be Relisvar, it could be Darzan, it could be Gadrith again somehow. Yeah. We know he's dead, but like, is he though? Putting into context, Jareth as a demon saving Theron and Cariel, I would bet that it's more than just Kalindra on that list. Galen and Shalorin are probably also on his list. Now, Santa Ray and Thervishar, they might be in trouble. Yeah. I don't, they, he doesn't know Janelle and Taraf, so they're probably also in trouble. Yeah. It's really just Kalindra, Galen, and Shaloran that are safe. But he, he doesn't know Cone, so he's not safe. But yeah, I, I think you are right to a certain degree, because you know, like, knowing that it's Jareth... And like the introduction, the introduction of Jareth back into the story at this point as a demon, like it's, I'm not saying that Jen Lyons wasn't going to maybe surprise us and go a dark route because she does do that sometimes. Mm. But like, okay, like we're probably going to see his journey back to not being a terrible murder ghost. Right. Or like, right. there are so many things we didn't know about demons until the previous book, even. So, like, 
I'm willing to bet there's something there. Um, the thing that worried me most, actually, I think remembering back was um, that his kid wasn't there. Like, knowing that you don't have this, like, child to to remind him of what's going on right. um, kind of was like, Jen eh. Lyons doesn't kill kids in front of you, but like, yeah. everybody else kind of is fair game. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, but time is, like, stalled. So Nikolai has that in his favor. But that same chapter is when Thervishar decides to go in as, like... Mm -hmm. And I love the the moment between uh, Senere and uh, Thervishar in that moment where Senere is like, no, you can't... You can't be doing... You're picking up all the bad habits from Kieran or doing this hero shit. We, and he's like, so she's good. like, we we can't afford to lose you. And Town is like, excuse me? I think you mean you can't yes. afford to lose him. Talon and is then, like such a chaos agent in these chapters. Yeah. But I like and how... Talon's kind blushes. of a chaos agent the way that... Eighth grade girls, yes, are exactly. Agents. Yeah, she's like, "Ooh, you like Thurvish?" <laughs> oh, so yeah, I like this version of town. Me too. I really wonder what Lyra Lynn was like. I think, like, it, we don't we don't talk about her too much outside of book one, but it, I mean, everybody in book one says she was great. Yeah, and like Ola was also pretty great, and they were in love. Yeah. so and now she's got Kieran in there too. Oh, that's true. That's who it could have been. It could have been Ola. Kieran is also a chaos agent, yeah. especially a chaos agent of getting Thervishar yes. and Senere together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, well, speaking of our, our thruple, our, our hotheads, uh, Josh was right. Again. We should just we need, get like, that embroidered. Yeah. yeah. Bef- before... I just want to say that listeners, it's not because I it's not because I remembered what happened, and I it's not because I read ahead. I just guessed, and just based on context clues, yeah, it's about you know last episode I said that this whole situation with Terath is very similar to the ritual that turned Sarek into Valkaroth, and it was more like that than it was the ritual that he did with Thane. And then Janelle literally talks about it, like, oh, this is not like... This is very dissimilar to the Ritual of Night. It looks more like... It's, and then it's like, it's it was in the same bit, like a... a a facsimile of the same building that it happened in. And uh, Steph read the chapters before I did. So when she was in the group chat saying, oh, Josh was right. I was like trying to figure out what exactly I was right about <laughs> until I read this. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was just a lucky guess, on. really. Yeah. yeah. When Steph said that, I immediately just agreed with her. And then yeah, went no. back and was like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, about that specific thing. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe I said, uh, Josh was right. And you were like, yeah, as normal. 
Like, I, I think we, like, at one point talked about doing, like, a prediction board, see who, like, had the most correct predictions or something, and I was like, no, there's no point. It would always be Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Although you had some good ones for the final book. I was, yeah, I I was the dead wrongest. You, you and I both got a few. Josh got almost the entire main plot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy I got the one about the demons, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. Good. That was really good. Spoilers. <laughs> Although realistically, I feel like if you if you've read up to book four and you haven't read book five yet, what are you doing? Don't listen to this podcast. Go read book five. I mean, let's not be hasty. Listen to this podcast okay, okay. and read book five. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. There was a very interesting uh, revelation in these chapters, where with the the thruple and Valkaroth, where it was revealed that Sindril was the one. And, like, it's funny, I didn't remember this at all, that Sindril was the one that told Valthea not to trust Ralosvar and not to include him into the Guardians project as Mm -hmm. one of the candidates. And I think for the longest time I couldn't really connect what Ravarik's problem with his brother was, and this puts a little bit more context to it of, oh, my brother was having a secret affair with the woman that basically decided that I was not trustworthy enough to become a god, even though I did all the research into how to do this in the first place. Well, spoilers for the next book. There's only so much research that Velasfar actually yeah. did. And like, do you think the implication there is that then Sarek was chosen instead? Or do you think originally they were maybe both on the shortlist? I think probably both on the shortlist. Because I get the impression that Velasfar is still angry that Sarek was everybody's first choice all the time. Oh, that's fair, yeah. And, I don't know why there's no proof yeah. for it. But in my head, Sinjol and Sarek started their affair after Sarek became a guardian. But I have no evidence to back that up. I think it I think it would have to be before though. Because she she told Valathia not to include Relosvar before anything had happened. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that she was at the time sleeping with Sarek. I thought, yeah, maybe I'm conflating the two because it was mentioned in the same footnote. Yeah, that's fair. I'm trying to think which would hurt more. Like, if you were Ralsfar. If, uh... If Sarek started an affair with her after he became a guardian with the person that made it so... Oh, you know what? He wasn't one, or after. Uh, I don't know, yeah, I guess it's still... So, like, I, I did... I took one of the quotes, but it's it doesn't it still doesn't really say. So like the fake fake Kieran is saying to Janelle, Do you think my brother would have turned against me if he hadn't discovered that I was having an affair with the person responsible for making sure he wasn't approved for the Guardian project right under his nose? But it still doesn't really give a time frame. Yeah. <clears throat> no. And also he could uh, I don't know. It's a good question. We should also, write that down next time we talk to Lions. <laughs> also, why was it forbidden for them to have an affair? 
Was it because she was part of the Guardian Project? Was it just like a... I think because like she was on the council. The thing? Yeah. yeah. Like a don't sleep with your coworkers Fair. kind of deal. Yeah. Or, don't don't sleep with your boss, coworkers. Really. You might cause the demise of your entire civilization accidentally. Might. I don't know. How hot are they? <laughs> I mean, hot as the sun, apparently. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah. Also, him being a guardian of the sun, maybe they didn't want him having any decisions he makes be personally involved with someone on the council. It is kind of ironic because then, like, the Guardian people basically spend the next 14,000 years sucking and fucking each other. Right. Yeah. Right. I guess it's it's okay for them to do it with each other. But with, like... Because they're not making government decisions. with the advisory board. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, they seem to play a little fast and loose, even with kinship taboos. Like, incest, they keep telling us, is not a taboo, and that was kind of passed down from the Voras. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious what, like... It just seems like the Senate subcommittee was the people who decided this. And it was just like, yeah, okay, don't sleep with the Senate subcommittee. Yeah. The only enshrined law we have left. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, uh, I do like that, like, Janelle has a Disney Prince moment where she gets to smooch Terraith back to life in the midst <laughs> yeah, of his, his nightmare. <laughs> I was like, yes, girl. And she's in her, like, armor, but because it's, like, a dream world, she, like, took out all of the, like, clothing bits. So she's just, like, in, like, titty armor, and, like, Kira keeps talking <laughs> about how he's getting distracted because he can, like, see through the chain links and stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely a red Sonia. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's definitely, <laughs> a red, uh, definitely a red Sonia situation. <laughs> But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, honestly, the, uh, it's so nice to have the Thrupple back together. Like, we They're pretty we haven't had them together in quite a while now, and they get immediately horny. It's very funny. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, it's very sweet, too. Like, it's, like, we do get so few opportunities to have them all together. And the last time they were all together got interrupted by a zombie dragon. And that was a long time ago now. So it's great, like, to have them there, and then also for Kieran to be like, fuck you, Volkaroth, I love them! And then they're, like, trying to figure this stuff out together, while also, like, weirdly, like, sitting on top of each other and touching thighs a lot. Yeah. It's it's a remarkably mature discussion, given the remarkably immature setting. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. It was three weeks ago. Yes, it was long. It was a long for time ago us, for us. It was a long yes. time ago because we yes. read a lot of chapters since then. <laughs> it but was a long them, time ago for them. They haven't. They they had a lot of revelations. Well, in they that were time. together and like also four days ago before Kieran went and got killed by Talon because they were yeah. like grief counseling to Rafe for like a week or two. But we okay. didn't really see Th- that. This brings up a question that I was thinking about because today. Uh, sort of very sort of off the path a little bit. Today I discovered the timeline of events between Tekken 4 and Tekken 8 is only like a year. And there's like, there's a, there's like in real life many, many years in between those games. 
So do you prefer stories to have a more compact timeline oh, or a bigger timeline? I mean, I think it depends on the story, right? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. thinking about this story is like four years, three weeks. It's not a lot of time. Yeah. I mean, I feel like as people who tend to read really big novels that will often have like years and years come out between them, I think that like we've trained ourselves to mentally deal with that. Right. It's like, it's always weird for me to think about um, like when Bilbo leaves in the Lord of the Rings, Frodo just chills for 40 years. years. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out in the Shire, yeah. like having parties. Yeah. Being like, oh, I got time. that ring somewhere. Yeah. And meanwhile, Gandalf is like doing like mega research about yeah. the ring. And then the actual journey of the rest of the Lord of the Rings is only a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, the Wheel of Time, oh, I always go back to Wheel of Time, love those books, but like that, the whole fifth. The 14 book series of the wheel of time i think is like two and a half years <laughs> and like and that's because that's in between nuts. like book one and two there's like a three month jump and then there oh and then there's another like six month jump in book two so like the time you actively see like quote unquote on screen is like a year and a half and like there's one book in that series that only covers the course of 10 days and it's a 500 page book that covers 10 days and I and then we were waiting like years and years between them so like I think like I'm just broken like I don't I you know it's, it's whatever like I'll wait it's fine I'll I have to refresh myself on like what has happened but eh. I want to see a novella cover 100 years and oh I want to see a 500 page book cover one day <laughs> The novella, uh, all right, I can get behind that. A 500-page book covering one day feels like you'd have to have so many different characters, and that could get really confusing. It's a really bad day. (laughs) (laughs) So I think I'm going to have to do some research. I feel like both of these exist. They must, right? Somewhere, probably. Probably. Yeah. Especially the 100-year novella. like The the one-day book kind of feels like uh, the book equivalent of, like, an episode of 24. Right. Like, everything is, like, in real time, basically. <laughs> or, like, the last season of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, God. I know, right? No, thank you. I do think it's interesting, though, like, some authors do it to great effect, and then others, uh, other TV shows that I just mentioned, uh, clearly ran out of ideas. And they're like, they cannot, they've imagined their characters into boxes. So they yeah. can't move any faster yeah. because the characters aren't allowed to do anything. Yeah. They can't yeah. move away from the place they're in. They can't have other relationships. So, totally. yeah. Anyway, we've gotten, I, I, I like the pacing of this just because, like, there are a lot of characters, they bounce off each other and they're allowed to change. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, there there's some definite risks there. I, not to yeah. get too far back into this conversation, but you know what the the 500 page one day is? That's all the filler in Naruto. Like that's <laughs> anime filler. That's what that is. 
<laughs> yeah. That involves a lot more. Never mind. <laughs> the filler in Naruto is very bad. <laughs> okay, I have two questions for you guys. Mm. Okay, so so we have the throuple gets back together and they're talking out like Janelle and Tarath are mad because Kieran went and committed and, and uh, committed suicide by mimic, <laughs> and they're pissed at him and he's trying to like who do you think was right? Do you think Janelle is right? Do you think Kieran is right? Like Janelle makes some good points. I mm-hmm. do think that Kieran was probably still right to hide it from them, just based on like how fucked up Tarath was at the time. But Janelle does make some good points about how like he took away their ability to choose. I say Janelle, it's it's like fifty-five, forty-five Janelle and Taraf to Kieran. Because let's be honest with ourselves. If he could have told them and they could have had a bad reaction to it. And he could have done it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not impossible to escape Tarath and Janelle. Especially Kieran, who, you know, has Dervishar in on this plan and can turn invisible. And he's not, like, inept. He could have told them. He could, And I guess, like, timeline of events of, like, how everything would have proceeded. There, like, there's a short amount of time in which these events can transpire before Relisvar starts enacting his plan. But they don't really know that so much. They learn that through Senerae. I think Kieran could have told them and still been able to do this, even if they had a bad reaction. Also, Kieran has enough charisma that he probably could have talk them into believing that this plan was going to work out. That's fair. What do you think, Christina? Christina, what about you? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Josh, you're totally right that, you know, them talking about it didn't preclude the same events unfolding. And Janelle does make good points. I don't know. It feels like one of those situations where two rights sometimes still make a wrong. It's just like, he was doing the considerate thing by not asking Tarath to make another huge moral choice right after the death of his mother. And, like, he did genuinely believe that this was going to be a lot easier than it was. Like, he thought that Volkaroth was, like, an infant. Um, and so, yeah... They both have good points. They're both not wrong, but you know, she's like, "You could have, you could have clued us in on this." It's like, yeah, he could have, but like, you've also been, you're independent people. You're not, you're not joined at the hip thruple. I guess is my objection there. Just like you, you, if you love someone, you let them make their choices. You don't have to, you don't have to put a check mark by every one of them. You know, I don't sign off on my spouses or my friends or my family's everything. I just hope they make the best choices. And Janelle's allowed to be mad, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. She's totally legitimate. Right. But we're not talking about Kieran get, getting a new job and moving to another state. <laughs> we're talking about suicide. Yeah, by fair. Yeah. But he had every reason to believe he could come back. 
So it's yeah. it's less suicide by mim. Well, I mean, like literally, it's suicide by mimic. But also, it's like I don't know. Like he had the stone of shackles too. Like were they going to tell him not to use it or check in with him before that triggered? I don't know. Part of loving someone is that they get to make their own choices. Otherwise, it's just control. Right. And like clearly, she's not going to break up with him about it. I so mean, she yeah. has right. that too. And Karen does have a good point in that. Janelle and Therese maybe not at the same level also do these kind of things. Totally. But Therese is right in that uh, Kieran was playing the hero. But like, I don't get mad at my husband for being my husband. Like, Kieran plays the hero. I don't know what you want. Like, this is the person that you fell for. (sighs) Yeah, but I feel like the whole the whole, like, Going back to my English major roots of like the whole underlying theme <laughs> of the book and involved with the prophecies is that being the hero chosen one is all a bunch of bullshit. That's true. That's fair. Like from book one, I feel like it's and so forth has been drilled in her head that like that being the prophesized one isn't exactly as it's spelled out. But Kieran acts like the chosen one at times. Yeah. Even though, like, he, he is the chosen one. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but so is like, go, Yeah, but, like, going through, like, the whole book, what happens at the end of this book would not have happened without Janelle and her eighth. But also, like just, not without yeah. Kieran. But I mean, it's Janelle that figures out the solution. Yeah. But it's she wouldn't have figured it out, maybe, without him doing it. Right. She has yeah. remarkable insight, given where they are. It's a bit of a chicken-egg situation at that point, I suppose. Right, yeah. That is a good question, Steph. I like that. Okay, and I have, I have one more, which is pro- less... Uh, existential. Uh, did you guys think Anne Lear was suspicious? Zero. Really? Yep. Nope. I was re- I was suspicious, I was but super not. Suspicious. <laughs> I was just like this guy who we've never seen before, and is like in all of these conversations, keeps pop. Like it's not like just like some random like guard. Like he is like in the story, and I'm like, why is this random guard? so present in the story. I did think he worked for Relosvar, like, right away. Which, spoilers for this book and none beyond, yes, he does work for Relosvar. Yes. That is revealed in this book. Yes. Yeah. And it, in, you know, in retrospect, you're, it's even more obvious where, you know, Kona's is thinking about his directive to seduce him by any means necessary while in the bath with this random guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's super obvious. I totally missed yeah. it. I was just kind of like, oh my god, too many names. I mean, fair. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Especially, like, the first time you read any course of Dragon's book, you're just, like, trying to keep up. Yeah. And I think, too, Cone in particular needs someone to draw him out. Um... And I, it just can't be Galen. Galen's too suspicious and too horny Party. for him. Yeah. Yes. 
So I thought I, I mostly saw him as like a foil for Cone as he works through his issues. Fair. Does... I mean, that's very defensive. I didn't get it. Let's be honest here. We can assume that Onlier is using this name Onlier for the first time because otherwise Senere would know like she knows Onlier the guy that works for Vel's far but she may not know Onlier the name Onlier for this guy Mm -hmm. and then she finds out in this book that Onlier is working for Ralph's Var, and then makes the connection of who he is later on. Otherwise, it's brings up a question of like, why wouldn't Senorey say anything? Uh, another question I have is: it's revealed that when uh, Thervishar is not, uh, he's not convicted of any crimes in the capital. Because it's revealed in Shalorn and Galen's chapter that anyone who is geished and commits a crime, the person who owns the geish is the one that's convicted. But it brings up a question is that for all intents and purposes, they don't... Kieran is geished, but then killed, but then comes back, but then nobody would know that he died and came back and wouldn't be geished. And then he kills the emperor. Is he still guilty of <laughs> killing the emperor, even though people know he's gay, even though he's no longer gay? Ah. It, is, it is like a question that Kieran's legal defense <laughs> yes, representative exactly. would yes. use as a yes. loophole. His lawyer, Thervishar, would have to figure that out. He'd be like in the courtroom being like, well... Technically, nobody knew that he wasn't geished because none of you know how the Stone of Shackles yeah. works. And, and then they'd be like, oh, but he's technically not geished after he breaks the Stone of Shackles and Gadriff died after the Stone of Shackles was broken. Like, it'd, it'd be a funny courtroom scene. <laughs> I mean, it would also be further complicated by the fact that he's not a whole soul. So how responsible is he? And but like I think there's an easy way out of this, Josh, and it's that the courts in core are obviously corrupt. So bribe away. Doesn't he but no, but he is a whole soul because in the afterlife him and Janelle eat half of that dragon heart, thus fix repairing his geish soul. But, but who would know but who would know that? Yeah, no, but like mm-hmm. just Service Shark here and Janelle? And Talia now, and the Emperor yeah. Tanso because she has the oh, manuscript, yeah. but she would you know she would let Kieran off the hook. Yeah, probably. My next question is, what do you when they're talking about Galen's poetry? Uh, Cone calls it free spirited, and uh, Galen corrects him and he's like, "I think you mean." treasonous <laughs> what do you think is in this poetry that would be treasonous is it like oh, dirt no. on the no like the royal houses or like information that yeah implying that maybe the houses just aren't so great that's probably it probably that's enough also maybe women should be able to use magic that was treasonous until very recently 
Oh, that's yeah. true. Being gay. Yeah. Us. Yeah, maybe it's okay to smooch men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's technically... You know what? It, it, I always forget with this book that in Coros, technically being gay is a, a crime. Yeah. Because nobody else in the world seems to care. Yeah, it's a, a, lot, of, a lot of things are treasonous in, uh, in the old capital city. Horse sucks. Yeah, it's the it's yeah. the worst. It brings up a question of so the Koros worship the eight guardians, and the one guardian who's the one that uh, is like the guardian that makes new bodies for people. Galave. 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 Galave participates in a ritual in Jorat where. Uh, people who aren't, you know, aren't their the gender that they want to be or feel that they are, can change using this. She will do that for them. But core being gay is illegal. I can't imagine being trans is also no, not great. Yeah, no. But one of their gods participates in a ritual that helps trans people. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe not that it's gay. Like, I could also see... Because, so, like, the blue houses will change basically anything about you. That's what they did to Janelle. Like, they gave her all of the markings. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if it's less of an illegal thing and more of a just, like, hey, we don't have any male heirs. Make our female heir male. It's, like, just not talked about, but it's not technically illegal. I could see that happening. I mean, also, like... The people in the houses do all sorts of fucked up shit all the time that's against the law. Like, what is like. Yeah, it's like an open secret. Yeah. What is legal versus le- non legal? Like, especially for like the very rich people and the regular people. And- right, yeah. Uh, this is going to be a situation next episode where we say Christina is right, because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that exact scenario is talked about when Javon and Talia arrive in the capital and they discuss you know with all the furs on that nobody would know their gender and i'm pretty sure javon says something about them being together is you know it where she's from is considered like oh it's something you do when you're younger but eventually you get married to a man in order to have heirs mm-hmm. i'm trying to think if there's anything else with these chapters that's super important Lasorel Detalis hits Cone hard with the concept of loving yourself. In a very oh, sweet yeah. way. And then gets him uh, altered. Uh, yeah. she's, she's pretty great. She's pretty cool. Yeah, she really, like, I don't know, reveals Cone's inner truth about him. Like, she's like, you should be saying no. You should be, like, protesting this. And you're just, like, going along with it. Like, who did this to you? Yeah, like, you are so broken, and you need to love yourself. Not just for you, but because, like, a broken person cannot defend my daughter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot that, of truth bombs yeah. there. But I think that's the only other thing I had for these chapters. They were good. I really enjoyed these ones. Oh, I think it's worth noting that um, Cone also has that conversation in a temple to Kalos. Yes. Uh, and he's like freaked out because it's the goddess of sex workers or prostitutes as they call them or you know. But uh, La Sorrel sets him you know kind of well not straight. 
Um, and is like, no, I, she's the goddess of love. It's just that in core, you can't commodify love. You can only commodify sex. Yeah. Yeah, which is just so. like, oh, the royal houses have no use for love. Right. But sex is something you can sell. Yeah. So, not... Right. Not particularly noteworthy for itself. We already know Korra's kind of garbage, but um, as far as, like, talking about the God Kings, that is something worth knowing. Uh, checking my notes, there is something about um, the Kalindra javan conversation that I do find very interesting, where Javon talks about being aware that she's not the hero of this story. And she says, uh, one murderer might recognize another. The poor fools back in the other room might think themselves hard, but they, all of them, killed for causes because they believed in the righteousness of their actions. Even dear Teraith had always been a shadow champion of justice, killing not out of selfishness or malice, but because he thought he was making the world better at the edge of a knife. And then Senere has a note of uh, she was forgetting Talon, but even without that, it's human nature to justify our actions. The vast majority of us refuse to accept the idea that we might be the villains of the story, even if that's uh, demonstrably true. Which goes back to the whole, like, argument that Valkaroth is trying to make about these characters. Yeah. And there def there's definitely characters that are not in this story that probably see some of these characters as villains. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Jen Lyons really has a talent for making sure that you sympathize and i think you know i jokingly when i come when i talk about this series to other people i'm like it's game of thrones but gay <laughs> um which is like a very shorthand way but it is game of thrones in the sense that like everyone hated jamie lannister until you got his pov chapters and then it turns out he was a chivalrous deeply in love man who was you know abused and and very confused by his upbringing and it's like yeah checks out yeah. so I think that that's also very apparent here. Yeah, yeah, but it never feels like any of the characters I like in those books get a good win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's two there's two books that I don't currently exist where that may happen, but it just feels like at least some of the characters we like in these books get some. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's like a more positive Game of Thrones. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't map perfectly, but. But yeah, they did like people characters are gray. Like Yeah. No no one character in this book is like perfectly good, perfectly bad, perfectly simple, perfectly straightforward. Mm -hmm. Right. Except Darza. Yeah. Fuck Darza. <laughs> and Gadreth. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. So what are y'all reading? Ooh, what am I reading? Great question. Uh oh, I started reading a new book. Uh, a non-fiction book, uh, which I don't normally do. It's called Say Nothing, and it's about, uh, like, the troubles in 
Belfast in the 70s and stuff. And oh. it's, uh, it's really well done so far. It's, I love, love the writer's song. God, I don't remember who the author is. I, let, me, let me quickly figure out who the author is. It's, it's a super Irish name. Patrick Radden Keefe. Um, fantastic writing style. Like, writes almost like a fiction book. Very character-driven. Um, but he's telling a real story and like you can tell he's clearly gotten lots of testimony and like talk to the people that he's writing about so uh, i'm really into it so far it's it's great um, that sounds awesome and then other than that just yeah this the same books that i have been working on otherwise josh what about you i'm reading uh the same books as last episode priority of the orange tree uh joe abercrombie's before they are hanged this book I'm going to be honest, it's been, it's, did we record last week? Hmm. It's only been a week. What I'm reading this week is Resident Evil 4 Remake. Sorry, oh. I didn't read much this week. Nice. That's allowed. Yeah. That is more than supported. Oh, yeah. What about you, Christina? Uh, oh, what was up, Josh? No, that's it. Um, so I know it's only been a week, but I got really hooked by a book called uh, Tell Me I'm Worthless by Alison Rumfit. It's like a it's like a horror novel um for which the house is like not even a subtle metaphor for Great Britain and like how transphobic and racist it is. Um it's really insightful. It's it's very graphic. Um so like lots of content warnings uh if you have concerns, but really smart, really good. Um and yeah, then just plugging away in all the books that we said that we were reading last week. Nice. Yeah. Check us stuff? out. Oh, yeah, you I said went first. <laughs> <laughs> Say nothing. Sorry. Well, he did. He said nothing. Ah. Uh, ah. Okay, I'll be here all week. Yeah, check us out on geeklyinc.com in the book section, or Steph, where can people find you? You can find me on all the various internet places at Steph O. Kingston. Josh. You can find me at four or five wits anywhere you look. Especially Venmo, because I just got a huge <laughs> auto, I just got a huge car repair bill. Oh, that so. sucks. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, kinda, at Oladdy Girl. Um, but otherwise, yeah. Uh, books! Books. Books. Thank you for listening to No Page Unturned, part of the Geekly Inc. podcast family. You can now find us on Blue Sky at No Page Unturned. Our amazing theme music is by Bad Sparrow, and our cover art is by Mango You Art. 